0: Back. I'm Kim Bailey, she's honor Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to conclude our discussion with Brad Tornberg. We're going to look at what Brad sees as the most exciting and important considerations for businesses moving forward following the two years or so we've had of COVID lockdowns and changes to the way we do our business. It's interesting that you brought up about the library because what then occurs to me is that I love libraries, but that was a process that I enjoyed. You know, I would go into the city because I was in a country area. I'd go into the city, into town, as we say, and I'd go to the library and it was like a whole experience to go in there, to look up the cards, to have the books brought to me. And it took time to learn, but the pressure, the time pressure now to have to know about this and to implement it straight away, takes away that joy of learning what it leads me on to asking you is do you find when you're bringing in the system that you re-establish a joy of learning about your system and how it's going to work for their businesses
1: well it's funny you mentioned that because people always say to me hey brad what is your what's one of your strongest points you know i want to know what what is it that that makes you better than everyone else you know what i always say I have the world's fastest learning curve. I can look at something. I don't have to read everything. I mean, I learned in college how to do college developmental reading, where you know you you read something, you read the first page, first line, or second line, then you go back and then you read everything, and as you're reading it, you highlight it. Then after you highlight it, you underpencil the real key areas, and then when you're done with that, you write it on a three by five card to study off of it. What I learned by doing that is that by the time it gets to the three by five card, I already know it because I've seen it six or seven times in my head. So, you know, for me, it's always the joy of learning is the joy of, finally mastering something and the joy of learning is the joy of exploration is I'll hear something like they'll be talking about the internet of things and about a particular part of it and I'll go research it and find out what it is because I want to always be able to have a conversation with someone I may not be an expert on it but I need to have a high level overview of whatever it is that I think is gonna be important to my clients. So that's where my reading tends to come in. I don't read fiction, I read nonfiction. I've always been a nonfiction reader. I love lifetime. I love biographies. I like real true stories of things that have happened businesses, how they've evolved, how they made their money, how they failed, all those things. Because those are lessons, lessons (laughs) that can be applied in whatever I'm doing to whatever I'm whoever I'm working with. And I bring those lessons up a lot as we talk. You know, I always say to people, they're like, well, we're going to make the decision here. We're not going to make it with a whole team approach. And I said, let me give you my philosophy. If the generals are in the boardroom and they make a battle plan and they fail to tell the pirates, to tell the privates at the end of the day, you're going to have a lot of dead soldiers. They look at me and I'm like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If you're making decisions and you're not including the people who have to march to your orders, Mm -hmm. they're not going to follow those orders and they're going to end up getting wiped out. So, you know, I always try to bring life's lessons into Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to bring across to the client, you know, common sense to them, something that can relate to them. You start talking techno gobbledygook and their eyes glaze over and they have no idea what you are talking about because that's not what they do for a living. And that's the problem with a lot of people. I see this with coaches and consultants too. They go right for the jugular vein, but that's not what the problem is. And that's not what the client's talking to you about. And that's not what they understand. You know, so you've got to make sure that you connect with them in terms of what their pain is, and what your solution is going to be to cure that pain. And once you do that, then you know, there's the trusted advisor. Now they trust you. Now they start saying to you, hey, Brad, since you know this, can you help us with that? No, I don't. But I know someone who I can bring in who's an expert in this, yeah. like human resources. You know, I work with a couple of firms. I say, I can bring a couple of people in. You talk to them. My favorite of you. See what you want to do. I can work with them if you need me to. But these are the real experts. And I want you to have the real experts. So I've always positioned myself as so the general contractor. My job is to make sure that I bring the right resources to the table to solve the problem or to help your business grow and give you the pieces that you need to make it grow.
0: One of the things that is really key in relation to the communication, everything you talked about, is the listening. A lot of people, in a good way, they're trying to communicate by talking and giving information to help and do the right thing. But is that information relevant? Wouldn't it be better to listen to your client or your staff or your customers, whatever you want first, and really hear what they're trying to tell you and then respond? what's your experience in
1: that you hit a real sweet spot i always tell everyone they say what's the secret to consulting and i say shut up and listen Mm. because your client's going to tell you what they're what's bothering them if you listen long enough but you need to ask enough questions to probe to get them to open up so you what you you don't want yes no answers right as a consultant you always want Expand on that, right? So you ask open-ended questions that are geared towards that. My philosophy has always been, especially during discovery, I don't do that much. I'm talking a lot now to you because we're on a podcast, but typically in a conversation, I'll say, look at here, you know, here we're going to do discovery. These are the things we're going to go through. Going to ask you questions, and I just would like to hear where you are with it. You know, how do you feel about this? What are your problems? If I gave you an unlimited budget, what would the solution like that look like? And by asking those three questions, pain, wish list, it opens up to a whole bunch of conversations. And then if if it's a team discovery, people start to chime in and they begin to (laughs) ask you. And now you develop a whole story around it and you haven't even said a word. And then at the end of it, you say, so let me see if I have this straight and I understand it. Cause I'm writing things down and I read it back to them and they'll make a correction or two. But when we, we get off of that point, I've got it nailed because they said, that's exactly it. So now I can take that away and I could do my work. So my work comes after I listen. And what I tell everyone, even in technology, everybody wants to demonstrate how smart they are. Okay. You're smart because you're sitting in front of a client who brought you in. You don't have to prove how smart you are. So now listen to what they are. Go back never you know that's the other thing too people are in such a hurry to give an answer Mm. right client client talking they say i know what we're going to do no that's that sounds very interesting you know what i'd like to do i'd like a little time to maybe think about what we talked about today and then come back to you with some suggestions i always find that that step away makes my presentation coming back or my communication coming back that much more effective but but you are a hundred percent right and that's most people don't listen. They hear, but they don't listen. And active listening means you're asking questions that engage them to help solve that problem or to answer that question. So it's not only listening, but it's active listening. Mm -hmm.
0: We use a a phrase here in, in one of the groups that I work with that says, sit back and observe, not everything requires a reaction.
1: Yes. I try to tell that my daughter in medical school because the only criticism they got is that she overly participates. I said, Haley, stop demonstrating how smart you are. Let other people get a chance. I said, because in the long run, believe it or not, humility is a wonderful trait to have, to be humble about yourself and confident in your own abilities. I find that people who talk a lot are either full of it or really don't know anything and they're skating around it. People that sit there like a psychiatrist and go, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. (laughs) they come off as as smart and 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 educated and intelligent you know and and i find that people that don't talk that much i have a lot more respect for them professionally than people who are always
0: just looking at some of the questions that we sent through to you the one that i'm most interested in is uh, is is number three on the list and it's about have you found anything unexpected whilst you've been working with this framework of yours
1: yeah, actually, what I've noticed is how communication has changed, how people are now leaning in, right? The the team dynamic is very different now in this remote environment than it was in a conference room where people would be multitasking and doing other things. They're still multitasking now, but they have to be engaged because the core information that they're being received is remote. Mm-hmm. It used to be When I get on a remote meeting, that usually meant that it wasn't that important that i be on site, so I don't have to necessarily be active listening, I could be passively listening, and a lot of people are really guilty of that even in this remote environment. But what I've noticed is now, people tend to lean in more, there's more participation in that framework than there was in the past. And the thing that I really emphasize, which is part of the program, is the team dynamics. And I talk about communication styles and communication types. It's very difficult being in an online meeting with you, especially if you're the type of person who's like me, who's expressive, uses his hands, and wants to emphasize points. It's difficult to differentiate between what someone is saying. Versus what someone's really passionate about sometimes, unless you hear my tone of my voice really raise and I'm doing that, but then I don't want to do that because then it seems like I'm being obnoxious in a group meeting. So the dynamic that's changed has been meetings and communication and stop. And people need to be more conscious of style and be more conscious of, of being kind and and being empathetic and, you know, leaning in and, you know, including other people who maybe are too shy to talk. You know, and that used to be in a room, someone might be too shy to talk, but you could look them in the face and you could say, "Okay, Joe, well, what do you think of that?" You can kind of put them on the spot a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you're in in a team meeting, you don't know why that person's quiet. They could be doing something else, and then you catch them off guard. You say, "So, what do you think of that?" I'm sorry, I was on, I, I I was on mute. Can you repeat that? Someone Mm. telling me I got to repeat, it means they didn't listen the first time. (laughs) That I'm finding that it comes up in conversations. How do we deal with this? So I'm trying to migrate the framework or mesh within the framework how we handle this kind of remote communication piece. That's the biggest change Mm. though.
0: It's interesting because we ourselves noticed that, that last year we were used to meeting in one place and recording the podcast and bouncing off one another, and we've worked together on and off for over 40 years, Pugliana, <laughs> <laughs> but in very different roles. We're together, aren't we? A
1: bit I know. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> They're not married. We're it's fine. No. <laughs> Don't have to see her every day. Once a month is good. She's a bit of a bully sometimes, so I get away with her. Today is good because she's hardly said anything. so, And I'm going to be very famous in her family. She's one of eight children. So wow. to have her quiet for this period of time is unbelievable. I'm always quiet. Not. You, have yeah. Not. You, have
1: you have to fight for your food at the dinner table, I know. Yes.
0: What we noticed was that we had an opportunity in between two lots of lockdown to actually have another physical, be in the, in the same physical environment. And the tone of the podcast, even yeah. though we know each other so well, was very yeah. different yeah. When, when we were in the room. And yeah. uh, it, it's just interesting to see... Two, so I, I hosted a national convention in November last year. And so we had people not just from around Australia but around the world who were here. And the end of that was a, was a meeting, general meeting. And I found that as the convener of the meeting, I had to keep an eye on everyone and I had to bring them in because they were sort of sitting back you know, after yeah. two days of intense concentration. They just, you know, were just sort of coasting towards the end. Yeah. But that was no different to what I would do if I was in the room, so yeah. I I took the approach that this is just I'm I'm just doing this meeting in a different room, and so but I still have to keep- their
1: faces and facial expressions could yeah. give you a lot yeah. of clues and yeah. hints, and you you don't have that and 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 to inflect to infuse passion into it. It's much easier in person than it yeah. is
0: yeah. Being yeah. On a little meeting. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you you True. get much more of the body language and the raised eyebrows and yeah,
1: you know <laughs> if they're sleeping or if they're paying yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. If they drop <laughs> the their Zoom coffee meeting, cup, all can... that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the Zoom meeting, they could be out getting lunch and you wouldn't even know it, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I did the the right thing and I had the green screen behind me, and then and then because they're not used to me doing that, they're used to seeing wherever I am. It was like, where are you? Why, yeah. why have you got that thing behind you <laughs> i remember you were having the meeting with me not with my environment <laughs> that's, right. That,
1: that's right a lot of people have technical issues that you're dealing with in meetings too that's another thing i've noticed that every meeting tombs meeting or zoom meeting that i have it always starts five minutes later than it's supposed to because everyone's like i can't get into the meeting my computer i have to reboot my computer yeah and, you know you spend all this time in in technology Yes. that by the time you get to the meeting everyone's like either exhausted or let's get on with it already, you know yes. and then yeah. now you're short you're shorting your your agenda up yeah. so i can't wait till we get back to in person because to me that that that's the way i like to be i like to be in front of people and i i just was last week in atlanta and boy did it feel good it really did. <laughs> Not that half their factory had COVID. They didn't tell me that until I got down to Atlanta. I'm like, you could have at least called me and let me know.
0: It's everywhere. That's true. Just leading on from that there, there is one other question that I would like to cover, and it's about the changes to workplaces and working style. So it's question number four. Are some parts of that framework that you've got, the business fitness framework, are some parts more important now because of the way we're working?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because of what's happened, the personal health and well being first piece has really surfaced itself right to the top. In the beginning, it was like, well, I don't really necessarily need that. I mean, I can go to the gym and I can get a trainer for that. And, you know, I don't need that. Now, all of a sudden, it's like everybody's being selfish. The most important thing is themselves, which is good because that selfishness is what I want the business owner, the C level executive to have. Yeah. So I noticed that now personal health and well being being first and in teams, Understanding teams and team dynamics is the other thing that's becoming very, very, that has really changed and it's become even more important, right? Being able to understand the people that are on my team, what type of person they are, you know, what their style of communication is and what type of people they they tend to work best with. You can't see their expressions Because people that are like me are out in the business space, a lot of entrepreneurs, it's very hard to communicate that way. So one of the things that I want to do is change the framework around to say, here's some tips and tricks for when you're working remote versus working in person you know maybe adding a lesson for that but that's been the, the the two biggest changes is people's health and well-being because you you know that people are quitting jobs all over the world now because you know what quality of life balance of life has mm-hmm. become important and that's great for this program because that's what I'm stressing balance right balance mm-hmm. for you balance for your business so it's coming to the forefront it really has been over the last few years
0: which do you think good. that that will make it easier for business people to take on this system it, yeah. because they're looking at themselves first and, and thinking, well, I, you know, I, I have to relate that to me. And so now I can relate it to the business.
1: Yeah, I do, because even those that have invested in and believed in quality management systems, this is just, like I said, this is just another leg to it. Right. Yeah. And. Depending on what they have in place, they may say, look, you know, I'm okay with my business stuff, but I need you to help work on me and how I relate to the business. I can mm-hmm. carve off any piece of that and say, okay, well, your consulting is going to be focusing on you and how we can improve you. And maybe getting you involved with a personal trainer a couple of days a week, maybe a nutritionist to figure out what your, what your diet is. Because if you're falling asleep at, at two o'clock every day, that means you're carbo-loading instead of eating protein, which is good for your body and good for your brain. So, you know, trying to educate them. I mean, I have a certification in personal training. And the reason I got it was when I got, when I wrote the book, I said, you know, if I'm going to be legitimate, I got to get trained in this also. So I went out and I got my, my NAFC personal training certification. Do I personal train people? No, but I could talk the language and tell them what programs they need to be in and introduce them to the right tools and things that will help them be successful with that we originally started this program as an in-person program. We, we would take C-level executives and we would put them together with other constituents or other light people. Right. And we would have them be able to work with each other. They'd be in different industries, but they can kind of, you know, empathize with one another. And, hey, I have got this going on in on business. What about that? Hmm. So the pivot came during COVID. That's when I decided to write the course, but the intention is, when the world gets back to some sense of normalcy to have this as an in-person program in fact a bunch of the hospitals in the area that have wellness facilities mm-hmm. have really bought into this and want us to be part of their wellness in other words you use their trainers give the meals from their cafeterias that they have because they serve food and you come in there and you work on the business piece of it as well as working with the individuals So it was a great idea. We had put together packages with pricing on it and everything. And then, you know, the the world fell off. Mm -hmm. But that was what the intent was. This was was to be a one on one program where they come in early in the morning or late at night, depending on how they are. They come in, they get a little bit, you know, maybe they get a group training class then they get about 15 minutes of a business issue that's pertinent to them. They get a bad lunch, bad breakfast, which is something healthy, and they go along their way and they're out of there by 7.30, 8 o'clock so that it's mm. not disrupting their day. Because yeah. we found that trying to get people to come to something mm. in the middle of the day, if they're a business owner executive, good luck with that. Yeah. But if you <laughs> meet it first thing in the morning and you meet at the end of the day, they'll show up for it.
0: So do you see a time when you can have this in-person stuff happening, that there will be a, a huge momentum to make it happen? You'll from be your, o- overrun
1: with work? A, from your mouth to God's ears. I mean, <laughs> that's, that, that's what I hope, you know, is that, 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 that this thing will, you know, could morph into classes and courses. I mean, that's why I called it Business Fitness University. Uh, yeah. Eventually, I'd like to get, if other people have quality work, That's worth sharing, you know, make that available to this group, they get the credit for it, they Mm -hmm. get the public, they get the press and the marketing for it, and maybe even some business out of it, and build a network of these strong people that we can refer to them. In other words, a referral network of top of the line business people in every single particular marketplace, you know, where that that they have access to those resources. So we do want to be, you know, not only teaching, but we want to be a a kind of at some point a resource center for these people as well. Mm -hmm. That's going to take money and that's going to take time and that's going to take when we get back on track with uh, the way the world is.
0: But also, I think what you have done, though, is identified the need for it. So, whatever there's the need for it, you're going to attract people who want to be part of that in in one way or another.
1: Yeah, you know, just putting out some basic, we put out a couple of ads just to see, you know, we want to try to build a lookalike audience. And the number of impressions from business owners is in the thousands. I mean, a lot of people look at it and go, wow, this looks pretty good. And then they're not buying it yet, but that's okay because that's what funnels are for, right? To give them a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then convert them into a client or give them a free chapter. Haven't gotten that far down the road with the online marketing aspect of it. We're just starting to build that out now, but- Right now, it's, if I have to keep fine-tuning things and making it better before people start buying it, I'm okay with it. And if people, you know, there have been people that have been buying it and have been looking into it and, you know, the feedback has been very positive.
0: Well, certainly um, at the end of each of our episodes with you, we'll put all of the links to the website and to any other information at so, uh, the book as well so that people can can read that and start to understand a bit more about the system because I just think it's so exciting to see something that relates personal health to the business health because it's an area that I don't think has been addressed in any way that brings the two together. So it was really delightful to, to be able to do all of that reading and and, and understand where you were coming from and, and to have talked to you today and to hear your talk and to see you jumping around the room as much as you can. <laughs> Um, <laughs> gives us gives us the energy to think about the things we've talked about. Last question I just want to ask you now is what do you see as the biggest challenge for executives in this coming year?
1: A couple of things. I think that the biggest challenge that executives have, by none, is the supply chain challenge.
0: Okay. Uh, availability
1: mm. of product. Uh, being able to meet production demands or delivery demands, every business that that's that does anything is really dealing with that in some way shape or form. also remote versus on site bringing people back without losing them that's another thing ret- retention of your labor workforce in a market right now i'm not sure about Australia but in the u s where there's z- basically zero unemployment, and that's mostly because people don't want to work in an environment where they can't work with their balanced lifestyle. So they're just choosing not to work. So business is changing to accommodate that flexible, balanced lifestyle. I think that's going to be a, a big issue. And also restarting the passion engine, right? people were passionate when they were with each other. Now they've, you know, we've been been desensitized living in our little rooms in our houses. And when somebody says something, you know, we, we hang up the zoom and go, that was stupid. But rather than saying to them, you know, why did you say that? That, that doesn't make any sense. So I think a lot of people have lost their passion and that's probably not related to the business. It's probably related to what's happened in the world and Business owners are going to be challenged with infusing that challenge with infusing that back in. If you notice a lot of companies now they have parties, they have happy hours and all these other things, one here, two, here. you know the idea is to is to get their employees involved. you know they have grab bags and gift giveaways and guests you know contests and stuff. They're trying to keep that interaction between people going. That's something that when people start coming back into the office. They're going to be looking at each other like they just started new jobs and they've never seen anybody. Yeah. So that comfort level that you can get that you have to get back, and then the passion that goes with that comfort level, because I've been working with you for three years. I can tell you that I'm really angry and I'm really upset. And this is the reason why this guy did something that's you know, it's gonna take a while before we start getting comfortable again in our own skin. And I think that is something that business owners are really gonna to have to deal with. They're gonna to have to deal with that, they're gonna to have to deal with supply chain, and they're gonna also have to deal deal with the advent of cloud technology and using artificial intelligence and machine learning to help accelerate transactional speed you Mm -hmm. know if not and guess what you're going to be slower than your competitors are so there's a lot of things that are impacting people in 2022 and 2023 which is adoption of newer technologies to improve business and and to improve that supply chain mm. and to improve the communications. There's
0: an, an immediacy to all of those things that I don't think is addressed yet by businesses that they can't wait. They can't wait till things go back to what we will call normal.
1: They have to create the welcome mat. And the welcome yeah. mat is, hey, look, when you come back, we're going to, you know, m M&M Mars is one of my clients. And, you know, it's interesting because I deal with their Royal Canaan division. And you walk into their offices and everybody has their dog at the (laughs) desk. And when you go into the kitchen, you have all the candy that M&M sells. So it's, it's a happy environment. It's a great mm-hmm. place to come into work. People want to come back to work, but give them that and give them the ability to say, I don't want to come into work today. I want to work remotely. Yeah. And I think what you're and finding means- is Wall Street and the major banks are having difficulty with that. They want people back in the office. Why? Mm-hmm. Nobody understands why. They feel that they're more productive when they're in the office. And studies have proven that that's not the case, that they're actually more productive when they can choose their balanced lifestyle. Yes. So you've got some companies that are old state and true to the way they do business, you know, blue suit, white, tie, white, white shirt, blue tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have more of the companies that are being evolved today. These gig economy companies they are smaller companies. They're virtual companies. They do a lot of outsourcing where it's kind of like, you, you know, you want to wear a pair of shorts to work. You can wear a pair of shorts to work. Yeah. You know, I've seen people on calls with ripped t-shirts and stuff like that. And it's like, nobody says anything. Yeah. We it's not about what you're people. wearing. It's about yeah. what you're doing. It's not what you're doing, and we're also much more kinder and gentler. We don't judge people to the degree that we used to. So that's also happening now too, we, because of the the this concept of empathy and everything. We're learning how to be inclusion inclusive of all people, no matter what they look like, no matter how they dress, mm. no matter what color they are, what nationality. I think that's a very positive thing that we're taking out of this mm. epidemic, this yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. it'll carry through to business and make business more productive because maybe it'll eliminate some of the politics that was in the past. <laughs> Which
0: was all based on uh, you're different to me and, and yeah. I don't understand it. Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right, Brad, we, we have reached the end of our time. We we Great. do appreciate that you have spent so much time sharing all of that information and insight and knowledge with us. And as I said, we will let you know as soon as the episodes are ready and you can uh, See what the rest of Australia thinks of your activities.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, ladies. This was a lovely afternoon with the both of you, and hopefully we get to do it again. I enjoyed
0: it very much. It's very, very informative. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks a lot.
0: That concludes our discussion with Brad Tonberg. You will find the links to his book and his website below the podcast. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Diana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.